back to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara K. Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. Just want to let the world know that CSI Cyber does exist, and you can watch Bow Wow, who is more talented, even though I wouldn't say is the greatest talent in the world, instead of ever watching an episode of Romeo. Thanks for the information information latoya i'll check it out uh, and okay and we're joined by returning uh nickelodeon specialist guest kaniva <laughs> smith what's up kaniva hello i'm good and i'm so sorry oh. we making you watch these shows <laughs> oh, oh my gosh that's well I, I should say that we only watched murder she wrote in between which is not quite nickelodeon uh, no but i am a murder she wrote expert so that's fair so <laughs> if it's very fair we're just using so we watched <laughs> We watched the Nickelodeon classic Romeo Explanation Point. Uh, it's our April Fool's Day episode. It's season one, episode twelve. The April Fools or April Fools. It's built differently, different places. Everything is but it's the trash April everywhere. Fools. <laughs> yeah, of oh, the April Fools. Just okay. Oh my god. Yeah. We, I, it's, I have been fooled by watching this episode. So we'll get into it. But um, I'm, I think, fairly going to sit on the sidelines for some of the more heated discussion because. Victoria Jackson in this episode is the epitome of... Victoria guess, Jackson? Yeah, yeah, Victoria Jackson. <laughs> I don't even know the establishment, but all the <laughs> people everywhere. The I don't know. Man. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I should start saying I eat the rest of the episode. <laughs> God. All right, so if you've never heard of this show, like myself, up until a certain point in my life, it is the, I mean, as Latoya, you put it. <laughs> the textbook definition of nepotism. Yes. And this show is pretty much just, hey, he's kind of, not. I shouldn't say kind of, let's pretend he's talented and give him a TV show. And we'll even cast his dad, Master P, to be his father in the show. Because his dad is the co-creator of the show. Yes. Oh, I wonder how he got the job, Romeo. <laughs> well, I, I, we'll get into his more... Uh, daunting personal life uh, aspects later on, but I also found out that he was signed at the age of five to his father's record label because he wrote his father a rap. He's it's clearly literally prodigy, clearly. Five years old, guys. You could barely put words together at five years old, and I, I don't think it's much, much has changed for him in terms of his rap career. No, absolutely not. But um, so so this, I mean, it's like a standard, you know, family sitcom. There's the three, I think it's the two brothers. Is there a sister? That's the mom. No, no, that's a sister. Oh, it is a sister. So there is a mom in the picture, but not in this episode? Not, not in the show. The mother is oh, not alive. She's dead. <laughs> she's, she's dead on the ground. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because, uh, she next, Season two and three, there's no more Victoria Jackson, and uh, Master P gets married to Natasha Williams of um, the one episode of Vampire Diaries fame as Bobby Bennett's cousin, and also she spies fame. So. Yes, yes. So, but, yeah. so this episode is early on, so we do get plenty of Victoria Jackson, which I don't think anyone's ever wanted, ever, besides maybe Roman Michael Michael's like a week in the, in the 90s. But, Victoria um, so, Jackson! Yeah, Victoria Jackson. Okay, we can't do that. <laughs> We're not that good. Sorry, guys, but that was our, our, our bad version of Don Pardo. But, uh, so it starts off, and I have so much to say about the editing alone. The editing on this show, it was done by what seems to be a cokehead who's tried meth for a couple weeks. Like, it is... Zooms in... For, like, the very first shot is, like... I uh, hope it was easy to ask. Yes, it is! But not in the good way. Not in the good way at all. It's like... It's like, like why the hell are you doing this? The street. 
Yeah, exactly. It zooms down the street, like, at ra- I, I felt sick from the beginning. Like, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but I felt sick from the very first shot. And it's, uh, it's like a steady cam, but, like, zoomed up to 300 miles per hour, all the way down the street, into the house, up into the bedroom, where there's the three, I guess it's the three kids, but there's one boy that's there. I have so many questions. I had so, I was, I had, like, it was like a ship without any kind of <laughs> anchor. Are you I, is that who it is? So I okay. had to pause it because I forgot he existed and I was like, who is this white child? <laughs> you were living a really good life. Yes, like the Met, oh my god, the Met, oh good lord. But so, there's, uh, there's no explanation, I guess you don't need to explain that every episode once you've explained it once, but it's a pretty awkward situation to start an episode with Victoria Jackson. And a white boy. Yeah, the white boy. And then, like, to not mention the fact that there's also, like, two black children there, too. I was like, wait, are those her children? Because I didn't know she was the, the, I guess you'd call her the nanny, essentially, until about, like, I would say, like, a quarter of the way into the episode. I didn't know who she was. Yes. That's when her, that's when her position escalated from nanny to full-on hate crime, essentially. So... But she, she wakes them up and... And a twister mat. Like, she's wearing a twister mat robe. It's and so... I don't know why. The first one is wearing a Halloween mask and scares her. And the second one is just, like, a bed full of, like, toys, like, aligned together, like, Ferris Bueller style, as if there is, like, a human being under the bed, but it's a bunch of toys. And then she turns around... And I, again, I, I can't describe it because it's one of those things you almost just need to see for yourself, but the editing... Like, the editing has, like, sound effects to it. Like, it's... I have to describe it that way. Like, the way it, like, zooms in, zooms out, it's like... And it's, like, terrifying. I understand. It's like a screech from Saved by the Bell, the new class in charge of editing a television show. And I... It's really... It's record scratches. So every time it zooms in and out, which is pretty much, like, once every couple minutes, uh, which is... uh, Which sounds like not that much, but when you think about zooming, like, rapid zooms in and out... That is way too much zooming. That is, like, it's the equivalent of, like, I mean, it's, like, a Hitchcock move, but it's, like, every five seconds. So I just don't know what they're trying to do here. But essentially it's, you know, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. And it's, like, every time I do that, though, there's, like, a record scratch sound and then other sound effects. So it's just incredibly nauseating to watch. And and that's, like, the first couple, like, the first minute and a half, I was like, I already disliked the show based on that alone. And they did not win me over anymore because <laughs> everything gets worse and worse from that point forward. <laughs> Which is a terrible way to start a show, is to make people, like, sick by all the quick zooms. And they spray and her with... these kids don't know what a, like, a prank is. Oh, the whole episode, they try and claim all these things are pranks. None of them <laughs> even come close to a prank. It's just crime and assholery. Yeah, just, just crime. I mean, I love that when they cut to the news later on, they call them vandals, and they're like, but it was a prank. I'm like, that's what vandalism <laughs> is. <laughs> like, like, this is textbook vandalism. They committed a felony, first of all. Those kids are going to jail. Like, he's directly to jail. Like, the one the one kid is made to seem like he's being, like, hyperbolic when he's like, that's what kids do when they're in jail. Like, that's something to worry about when we're both in prison. He was right. He was dead <laughs> on. Like, this is, you're going to juvenile hall. End of conversation. I, I don't understand it. Like, he was harassing this girl, too. Like, I have so many questions. Like, the hero of the episode is Myra. Let's be real guys, right? <laughs> I was also really uncomfortable with how close the name Myra is to Mara. So, <laughs> like, this is 
They I mean, kept saying Myra. Sexual assault, and Myra is a culprit as well. Yes, Myra is not perfect, but she's by far the best character on the show. Uh, is it because she has like, uh, like the, the glasses of a fifty-year-old cat lady? Because... Uh, well, I have so many things. Just as we had to go, her entire head looked like an ad for Claire's, like the store. If you, <laughs> Claire's. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> there were these little like. How do you describe them? They're pastel colors and they're like fuzzy barrettes slash I guess scrunchies but they're real small like they look like, yeah. like almost like finger warmers which sounds insane but that's exactly what I'm trying to describe them if you put them on your fingers they'd be like leg warmers for your fingers but they're hair scrunchies and I swear to god I, I looked I paused it at one second she really has to be wearing upwards of 10 to 15 in her hair. Like, it is madness. Imagine someone wearing 10 to 15 hair scrunchies in their hair. That's way too she much. she snapped after all the like, verbal and slightly physical abuse that Romeo right. has dealt her with. Well, like, uh, I have questions about how to do that. Well, I think magic exists in this world, too, because we'll, I'll, I'll get to the shoe part in a second, well, but... Actually, I guess uh, before we get to it, we can ask questions about the opening credits. Oh, my God, the credits are... Uh, Again, he has. Uh, I don't know if you can really say it uh, on here, but Romeo Miller has no talent. Zero talent. Let's, let's make that clear. Signed at five years old because he could. Not rapping, not dancing, not acting, not at emoting like a human being, not portraying coolness. <laughs> Tell us about the fashion design. Well, I'm gonna skip ahead because I wanted to bring this up later, but I feel like it's almost too good to sit on for that much longer. But I wanted. I, I was like, well. I know he was terrible in the in the 2000s, but what has Romeo been doing lately? And it turns out, I mean, this is still a little while back, so it's probably also defunct and useless, but uh, in as of July 24, 2010, Romeo, this is long after this show went off the air, too. This is, I think, like, what, 2005 or six or four or something like that? This show was 2003, this episode we watched. 2004. So it's, it's a pretty long time. It's like a good six to six. He was out of high school at that point, I guess you'd say. And uh, he went into fashion. And he launched his own clothing line called College Boys with two Ys. That's a real thing. It was promoted by him, his new group, the College Boys, which is really convenient if you're going to have a group called the College Boys with two Ys and you have a fashion line also named College Boys. How, like, what a coincidence. And then also was uh, promoted by such artists as Justin Bieber, Big Time Rush, and Jaden Smith. So he really knew who to target. Like, literally, the trifecta of, of douche. So he, he stated, when questioned about this line, he said, when I was a kid, I mean, if you guys can help me make sense of this, please write into the show. If you guys, both of you, if you can help me. I have so many questions about what he means here. Because I, I genuinely don't even understand what he's trying to say. Like, I mean, word to word. I feel like it's straight up gibberish, but okay, let's go. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to lick markers on my t-shirt, I'm going to college, and then that imprint stuck in my head and made a difference to me in my life, turning it into a reality. I want to implant the same positive message to the young boys as they dress themselves each day with a feeling of success. They can look in the mirror at themselves with a positive goal in mind for their bright future, knowing that going to college can make a difference, a big difference in their lives. College boys, too wise, clothing style is classy, cool, and urban with a message. It's actually cool to be smart. <laughs> Did he go to college? No, I don't think so. I think he was supposed to. I think he might have. But only to play basketball for a while, and I think he dropped. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to assume. I see he appeared in advertisements for an online college. 
I think he did get drafted to go play basketball at like a UNC, oh, yeah, or, or USC or something. So he did play out of college, but I don't know that that would define as someone who's like main goal is to get a, a, a you know education stuff and education. Yeah. It was more like, hey, they're they're gonna you know give me money to come here, so I'll go here for free, sure, even though I'm rich and powerful already. But I'm. What I was so thinking, he's, he's actually, I'm sorry, isn't he actually as good at basketball? Right, right. And yet he kept trying to be good at other things, which he was not. He was yeah, not. Yeah, again, there's this, like... actual talent, and then tried everything else. There's a disturbing parallel to the little Bow Wow of it all, because they both had the Lils, they were both young rappers, but I think Bow Wow had... Well, Bow Wow was superior. Like, in all ways. But I feel like, I almost feel like, because Little Romeo was kind of like Little Bow Wow light for people who were like, oh, this is a little too risque. I want something to get safer from Little Bow Wow. And they're like, yeah, they knew the word Romeo. So they're like, oh, Romeo, that's kind of white. Let's go for it. And it's so confusing because it's, I feel like I can picture Little Romeo at home. Like, everything's handed to him. He's sitting in his, like, plushy house and he's watching, like, Mike on cable. And he's like, I got to do this too. I'm going to say, I always felt like, Little Romeo was literally like got the Bow Wow album and was like I can do this dad and his dad was like sure you can and just like let exactly. him roam but Bow Wow was <laughs> I, I mean unless I'm wrong I thought Bow Wow was discovered like he was good at it yeah, at a young age Jermaine Dupree right? I believe so or he was it was in that group of people so one of their A&R guys or someone found him being good at what he was doing already this kid grew up with Master P and Sonya C as his parents, like he had plenty of, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of like prodigy, uh, you know, gifted people that are a direct descendant of people who are already successful. That's half. The, that's half the, uh, you know, they're being trained on how to do something well from the time they're a baby. But this is crazy. This was crazy. It's almost more amazing that he doesn't have talent because you know, <laughs> with two parents that are <laughs> like, at least that good at what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, I want to go back to this for a second. When I was a kid, I used to lick markers on my t-shirt. What does that mean? Does he mean write the words, I'm going to college on his t-shirt? I've never heard the phrase, lick markers on my t-shirt in my life. <laughs> what does life. markers mean? I mean, I know licking markers you might do to get the ink to work again. I'm like, so maybe he means that. But I think he's, I think it's supposed to be like, you know, his hip version of writing on his t-shirt is licking markers on the t-shirt. Like, that's what it's supposed to be called. Like, that's... Like, what makes on a t-shirt? I don't know. And also, like, who writes I'm going to college on their t-shirts when they're also on a Nickelodeon show at the same time? Like, that's when he was a kid. Like, this kid, I don't know. It has, I have a hard time taking this seriously because, I mean, from the time he was born, he was already in a, I believe, I don't know that Master P is, like, one of the one, one of the rappers that's gone, like, defunct and bankrupt or anything. I think he was pretty well off. So I'm like, where is this, like, I'm going to college, like, it's like, I'm going to prove myself and be something. Like, you're already fine. <laughs> like, you're just also, fine. I- and this is the whole point of your cosmos. They may spell boys correctly. I don't. I don't understand. I mean, maybe there's an extra Y for like being extra collegey or something. <laughs> but if it's extra, it's actually cool to be smart, like he says it is. Spell words correctly. I mean, that's the one thing you can like slam dunk on. Is like, let me make sure I can spell this right. But yeah, so and also explain with markers, please. I, I have I have so many questions about that. It must mean. Like, maybe graffiti a certain way or something, but I'm just like, I don't, this is either too hip or too irrelevant for it to make any sense for me. But anyway, so I just needed to share that. And I also wanted to say, in case you guys are wondering how he's doing right now, 
he's currently uh, filming Jarhead 3 The Siege, so he's doing just okay. <laughs> so... But I missed Jarhead 2. How am I going to I like, figure it out? I didn't even know there was a Jarhead 2. Also, he that movie did not need to have a sequel. Two? 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 He has Wedding Room, The Crowning, and The is, of course, spelled T-H-A, and then The T-H-A, Crown Prince. Like, how can someone so like, coin the crown prince? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand any of this. Also, I have so many questions about the fact that, like, his first movie was actually Max Keeble's big move, and what the hell? <laughs> like, what? And also, like, his, his follow-up to that was Honey with Jessica Alba, the classic movie Honey. <laughs> so, like, I understand he's trying to, like, establish himself as an actor in this show, but it's like, you have to be good at something if you're going to be given all of this. And he's not good at any of it, as far as I'm, I can tell. I mean, I didn't look up College Boys. I don't know how good the fashion is, but I'm going to guess that he probably wasn't amazing at that. Because I'm, I'm sure it's it. fine, but I doubt that's because he's like, you know, just there, like, destroying his designs and making sure they're perfect. I'm sure he's doing nothing. God damn it. I just, well, and also, I guess we should refer to that, that part of his life as Romeo Miller. As he's now known, the artist formerly known as Little Romeo. I prefer the nickname Maserati Rome. That's what I think we should all call him. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> Maserati Rome. His albums are coming out as Maserati Rome. I got so many questions. <laughs> A grown-ass <laughs> man. <laughs> he's twenty-six. He's twenty-six. I was mortified that he's still younger than us. I was like, I feel like you should be 85. I actually, the picture on, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go off topic for one more second. The picture on Master P's Wikipedia page made me really curious. Like, oh my god, was I wrong all along? Was he like a wunderkind and he's secretly only like 35 right now? But I'm like, oh no, he's actually like 40 something or whatever. But he looks like he's like 20 in that picture. So he's yeah. never updated it and it's terrifying because it made me feel super old and wrong. But yeah, so anyway, so they're both, uh, I mean, I don't know about Master P, I never had anything against him, but I wasn't really a huge fan, but it's, he definitely had way more talent than his kid does, but I don't even know where to begin on that, because it seems like he's made plenty of a career about that, even past this show. I mean, the fact I that mean, he had a show it? called Romeo is enough for me. When he went to, apparently went to Beverly Hills High School, he's the most, like, sheltered, called, Mr. Mr. Urban... God, he was so writing, I'm, I'm gonna go to college at Beverly Hills High School. Yeah. That's insane to me. Like, the people there are probably like, yeah, we're going to Beverly Hills High School. You can sneeze and get into a college. Like, what are you doing? I'm surprised he's never, like, had, uh, like, a real rapper beef or something like that. So I just called him out for having no street cred because I want to call him out for having no street cred. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, the sunglasses. Okay, so let's get back. The episode starts off, too, with them spraying her with that, that, uh, that silly string. They all have sunglasses on, which I, it was so clearly, it's like... douchebags. Yeah, it was such, like, a... Like a I, this is obviously in the 90s, but it was such, like, a... It felt like a Men in Black-style thing or Matrix thing. Like, there were those, like, wraparound, like, U2 Bono-looking sunglasses that are just super douchey. It's just... it's They're meant to be ridiculous-looking, and they are still wearing them in 2004, so it's way past the prime, and it's it just like, looks terrible. In WWF Magic, Magic Christian were being vampires. Yes. Those are the sunglasses they wore. <laughs> they won. And that was in the 90s. So, update your update your look, uh, fashion icon, Lil Romeo. But, uh, so, the, the credits start, the credits are also completely jarring. Everything's, like, in multicolors, and, like, more zoom, and more weird sound effects. And it's, hey, oh, it's time for the Romeo show, and I'm just mortified by everything 
And that's where we first... I, that's where I first saw Master P. I feel like I knew he was involved, but to see that, like, him faking being, like, the dad in the credits is just... He can't even be a convincing dad to a son. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> oh, my God! You I speak the truth! Dead on. You were dead on. He really cannot. It's it's embarrassing. But, yeah, so... He did not actually interact with his child in this episode. I mean, like, for a minute, maybe? Way ahead of his time, but uh, they the 
weird thing too is that I noticed in this scene the white kid has the same weird like affectation of like yo girl like girl you so stupid like, you're like you're so bad, asshole. I was I was so lost I was I just did not understand why they were like giving it that like if he's adopted what are you trying to say I don't it was just so terrible and at the time I thought and why is he adopted actually no I have no idea why oh, Jesus but so he's 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 they're both like thrilled and then the girl her we get introduced to her name is myra which again her name is myra and i was very confused because at first i was like i don't know her name is myra i don't buy it hey my name is mara it's pretty clear but i can't call my name it's worlds away worlds away but so they're calling it. They're like, "Hey, Myra," and they're like, "Haha, stupid Myra." And she like, at first I'm like, "Geez, these are just so mean, like bullies." But then they make her. But the thing is, if, if they want her out of their lives, why do they pick on her? Why don't they just like fucking? Yeah, I would ignore her. I didn't want her in my life. Like she has all this like later on stuff where she kind of like I wouldn't say she insists, but she implies very heavily and like tries to blackmail Romeo into dating her. But I don't think she's that far off because he's like so obsessed with her. Like maybe you do have something. Like, come on, dude. Like I feel like, and also if you saw Myra nowadays, he'd probably be all game for it. I mean, she's doing pretty okay. So deal with it. She was just on iZombie. So I mean, come on. So so she she starts after him though. Like really, they make her almost a cartoon version of of a geek where she's just like, "You're silly, superfluous, blah blah blah." And the other thing, my darling, on the other hand, my darling, I was just like, is this lady, like, six years old, or is she, like, a teenager? Because she's talking to him like she's his mom. And, which, I mean, technically, if, if one's adopted, I don't know who's the mom. It was, I was lost. But so, she, she basically tries to call him out, just, hey guys, you guys are jerks, you're only doing this because you're messing with me because you like me, and they're both mortified by the concept. Which makes sense, considering how obsessed they are with her. They really are. I mean, they focus on her the rest of the episode. Although she, again, is the star of the episode, as far as I'm concerned, because she's the only one who wants to get this shit handled. Like, everyone else is just like a bunch of idiots. she's even act on the show, yeah. honestly. I mean, she's acting with terrible, terrible, uh, like, stories to act out, because it's not great but like she's doing her best she's doing it's the, the writing is a little rough but uh so she's she's oh my god she goes off uh trying to well she goes off on them both and then tries to walk forward and like yell at them more and somehow he's managed to tie her shoes together now i have a question here how did that happen because we watched her walk up to that locker and then open it and they were like sneaking pretty far down the hallway to go up and look at her so in at some point while they're everyone's staring and laughing at this girl and all the confetti's everywhere and they're both there yelling at her, someone's managed to tie her shoes together. I'm like, is magic real or are, is maybe some is there a third party at play here? Like some other student did it while she was talking to them, but we didn't see it and we saw her in, in frame most of the time. It was weird. Maybe it was the principal. Oh, oh my god. Maybe it was. They're all fucking terrible. Oh, god, I had so many things. That principal was garbage, too. <laughs> but so, so she she trips over and just falls flat on her face. People, again, go up in hysterics because it's the funniest thing the whole like, high school's ever seen. They're bad people. Or middle school, middle well, middle school, school is middle school. terrible, so that was like the most honest aspect yeah, of the show. Yeah, they were on track with that. That was legitimate. That's how people were. Was the applauding and the Dana Bryant I don't remember the applause. I was totally. But 
we should say though, in the same scene, I this is where I mean it's 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 funny because it's I think it's a, it's a theme throughout the episode that I didn't realize I was gonna hit on the head, which was like I guess I'm I'm glad that I was able to read the very like telegraphed uh, jokes on a, a kid show, but still I was like whoa. I kind of use that too. Usually miss a lot of things. I do. I really do, guys. <laughs> but they zoom in on this footprint on his homework or her homework, uh, Myra's homework. And it's like, but also like, like what, what is he was he walking on tar? <laughs> <laughs> the footprint is basically tar. And I was like, he could not. That's literally my note. I feel like he was literally just walking and like, you know, when they freshly pave tar. a road, I feel like he just like walked yes, through it. Exactly. To school. Like, I'll, I'll try and drop a link into the picture of it in, in the description. It's so dark. I mean, it basically looks like a, a hand charcoal, like, drawing of a footprint as he steps off of it. I mean, it's no, There's no way that was a naturally occurring footprint. But so he, he steps on it, and they zoom in on it like it's motherfucking CSI, and he's about to murder someone. <laughs> because it's, like, the most heavy-handed anvil, like, pay attention to this. They, like, zoom in on it, and then practically, like, the whole screen goes black and white, like, dun-dun. And which segues into what I was saying guys before. Yes. Uh, because you know, the rare episode in which I know uh, the writer of the episode. What so up? I was talking to her about this beforehand, and she one of the things she told me was that uh, this, uh, she was told by her bosses, make it like CSI. That was the one she that she it. got for this episode. She nailed it. <laughs> My notes have CSI sprinkled throughout, so I mean there's plenty of nods to it, especially when we get to the fingerprinting part later on. But th- I honestly think that's the strongest part of the episode. So if that was part of what she brought to it, go good job. Like as ridiculous as we're saying the footprint part is, it was so charmingly stupid later on that I I enjoyed it. Like that's what I want out of a kid show. Like this, like that's what Lizzie McGuire or like like um, Jet Jackson, like we said before, like the other things they're pulling from were a lot more, like, open and jovial about the fact that they were pretty much just aping bigger shows than theirs. Because a lot of what they can do is just sort of make a kid's version of bigger concepts. Because it, it's hard, unless there's a real niche area of what you're writing for kids, it's hard to really come up with new stuff that hasn't been done on, like, mainstream TV at the time. So they were kind of doing almost like a parody of CSI throughout it, which I appreciated. We'll, we're about to get into the other side of it, though, because... That had a whole other plot that had nothing to do with CSI. That no one needed. Except the fact that it was oh it was God. still very much a crime. It was, um, but, it was a crime. Should we save that for, like, after we've gone through the other plot? Yeah, I guess we can, because it's really unrelated, right? I don't think there's anything that yeah. really carries over besides the fact that you get a little bit of the, hey, Romeo, do you want to be involved in this? But I, okay, jumping to the other part of it, too, though, after, after the, oh my God, after... If we skip over that part of it, they do more pranking and sneaking around. I'm really confused. Pranking. Pranking is just like trespassing at the school after hours when everything's dark. Why? It's on April Fool's. My notes have that too. It's like this is gonna. This is news. News flash. It's gonna all hit the the press April second. So you've missed your boat. You do it. You do it March thirtieth, if anything, right, or thirty first, or whatever it is. Thirty first, <laughs> So the March thirty first is when you would do it, and then that you know the morning of April first. Ha- having successfully done April Fool's pranks on the internet before, guys, I've had things go viral. You have to do it. On March 31st. <laughs> wow. I have. You can deal with it. I know what I'm talking about. I back a while back. 
I posted, I mean, it was, it was like, honestly, like two years ago. I'll, I'll link it in the description if I can find it. I probably, it probably is still out there somewhere. I did go viral. I did. I did go viral, guys. I mean, mini viral. But so it was a uh, casting description that uh, Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift were cast as Johanna and Finnick O'Dare in The Hunger Games. Obviously, they've already been cast. So up until that point, maybe they didn't realize it. But like people, even though in the in the thing, I made a joke that like they beat out like uh, Steve Buscemi, which I was just like, <laughs> if you're really like, but that's what I'm saying. Like that to me, but the whole concept is you post it on the 31st before people realize, oh, it's April Fool's because for some stupid reason, no one's living to the 31st and thinking, I bet I'm going to see some pranks today. People get fooled <laughs> all the time. They get fooled all the time. But the reason why you don't do it on the second, because they spent the whole day being fooled. And then watching this girl get confetted in her locker, watching you spray, like, spray silly string on people, they're ready for it at that point. It's not as fun. You have to surprise people with it. Like, I don't understand the whole concept of pranking people. I don't know. But so uh, to me, I'm like, okay. I understand that they wanted to keep pranking, because I guess that's, like, their calling in life is to be the but greatest pranker but the pranking wasn't exactly. Pranking. They kept saying that like prankings was a thing. The joke was stupid too. Like the joke there is that they're gonna steal a trophy. I thought first I thought we we're gonna get like a, an entrapment scene. The way they were shooting it, it felt like it was gonna have like a sensor or alarm. But and also poor set design or poor uh, I guess school design on their part. If you want to go in the technical of it, they put a trophy case in the middle of the hallway. So are people walking down the hallway and they're gonna like bump into this trophy case? It's like so uh, like elaborate and pristine and like the the gem in the, the the crown of Seattle. I mean, the only student. This, I don't understand. The school's priorities are clearly out of whack. Very, very. Clearly out of whack. Very out of whack. But so we get, like, I mean, this is where I wish, I mean, I'll try and maybe cut just this scene, or at least, like, a clip of the scene. I mean, it is all on YouTube, twice, just in case you can't find the one. There's two different people who felt the need to upload this episode to YouTube. <laughs> but I will definitely try and show you this, this one scene, because it's a perfect, like, I, like, it's been a bad editing nightmare from the start, but this is the scene where everything's a touch angle, they zoom in and out, like, 30 times, and they get this, boom, 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 like, it's, everything about it is terrible and horrifying. But, so they do this as they're both, like, staring at this big trophy, and they're like, uh, we're the only middle school in all of Seattle to ever win a trophy. I was like, well, that's sad. <laughs> Poor Seattle. What is happening in Seattle? I don't know. This is, this is pre-legalization or something. So I guess they were having a hard time back then. But so they, they just, well, Romeo brings up, but what if it disappeared? It's just, it's just stupid. It's, that, that that means it was a felony. That's what, that's what if. <laughs> he does. He says, what if it disappeared? It would be a felony. And then he says, it would cause a panic? I'm like, cause a panic? I was, it's a trophy. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm sure my school had plenty of trophies for very prestigious things that won when I was in high school or middle school. I could care less. Like, I don't... Were people, like, walking down the hallway like, ooh, that trophy? It wasn't in the middle like, of the hallway, so I guess it was, like, highly yeah. valued. There'd be a panic <laughs> because... And it's also just not realistic because kids in middle school could care less about trophies like that unless they're winning them on their own. I mean, yeah, who like, middle school like, from a trophy from like 10 years ago, yeah. like it was stupid. <laughs> the whole concept was dumb, but. Because we're not in high school, so that's the whole thing. Like, high school trophy, I understand. Middle school. Because that actually takes, takes you places. Right. Middle school trophy. What? The trophies that matter what? in high school, too, are usually won by a team or, like, a person. 
So that's who it matters to. It still probably wouldn't matter to the school that much. It might matter to, like, the budget committee because it's going to get them more funding. Like, sure. But, like, other kids? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, like, it's it's good to have, like, the title, like, to be, like, the homecoming champs or whatever you want to call it. But, like, after that year, it stops mattering. It's I guess unless you have a history of being, like, the all- Like, I, it would have made more sense for them to phrase it, like- We've been the home running champ, home homecoming champs for like fifty years, and this is a trophy that's commemorating. Yeah, you know? I thought like, it was middle school. Like, it's not like it's like yeah, it's still not realistic, sports. but still. But like, I don't, I don't know why we're supposed to care about like a one team winning twenty years ago. Why, why would a class of middle schoolers in two thousand three care about anything from the middle schoolers in nineteen eighty two? Well, then they did. They did describe it's the only trophy they've ever won. So maybe it's like a it's a quantity versus quality sort of thing. Like it's our one good thing. Also, if a school Which, only won one trophy, right? yeah, it was basketball. It was basketball. Yeah. Why isn't Romeo, you know, the most perfect person ever, like on the basketball team? Right? Why aren't they winning things? Well, that's next year, I guess, because they win two trophies. Spoiler alert. But so, but so, I, I guess the idea is that they only had the one trophy, but if you've only had one trophy in, like, 20 years, like, something's wrong with the school. Like, they would have definitely been shut down long before. You deserve no funding whatsoever. Every school gets at least I, I one trophy. I smart people, because, like, the one, like, smart people person we know of, she's, like, shit upon. <laughs> totally shit why is she even going to that school if it's such a garbage school? She should definitely have tried to go school. Uh, but so anyway, so they're just like, they're basically like licking the case, <laughs> leaving their DNA everywhere because they're so excited for this prank they're going to cause. But they they are like groping the case. That that comes into play in a minute. This show is such a poor man's cousin skier. It really is. And I'm glad we had you back <laughs> because you can understand <laughs> the parallel better than everywhere. <laughs> but so... <laughs> I don't even know how it could get worse from here. Is there a worse Nickelodeon show than this? There must be. I don't know. But <laughs> well, the challenge, guys, send it in right into the show. But so, um, they, the one kid, this is where the, the adopted best friend slash brother kid, he says, okay, but what if we get caught? Okay, good. Someone here is actually panicked about what happens if you get arrested. And it's the white kid, but okay. Um, and he's like worrying. Uh, he says, um, uh, he, he says something on the lines of, worrying shouldn't matter and he's like well worrying is something you can save for when we're both in prison then because it's very realistic is that you guys are it's a felony it's it's a nice trophy it's probably worth something it was like it looks like brass or something and regardless of that you're stealing after hours trespassing on the property there's plenty of things that you've broken the law to do and they decide to take it anyway because who cares what are consequences Whatever. What a great show for kids, you know? Like, I mean, we'll get to it later. There really aren't any consequences for this, more more or less. Like, they kind of get away with it, which is a terrible message to send <laughs> to the kids watching Nickelodeon. Like, I kept forgetting this is a kid show. Like, this is almost, like, too adult and, and horrifying. But it's like, oh, yeah, children would have been watching this. I mean, I was a child and might have seen this in passing. So it's, it's horrifying that they're watching this, like... Oh yeah, little Romeo stealing things sounds like a great prank. <laughs> it's just stupid. And um, so we get later on, we get um, she. We'll get back to the, the. There's plenty of Victoria Jackson, unfortunately, between this and that. But um, later on, they once they steal it, somehow I don't even know how it happens. They pull like Mr. Magoo glasses out of their. <laughs> I've and the weird buck teeth. What were those? 
They look like, again, I've brought this up because I know this is just, like, a point of reference for me, but I feel like it's a good example of what they look like. The, there's, like, the nerd from, uh, what was it, uh, Robot Chicken? They look just like that kid, <laughs> like, the, the little alfalfa thing. It is your go-to. It is, but it looks just, but this really looks identical. Like, it has the big circle glasses that are just bifocals, straight bifocals, and they have these fake teeth that are, they look like a Halloween costume. And the way that they're talking with this this fake teeth in, I mean, I couldn't really follow most of what they're saying. It was pretty much unwatchable. Like, I couldn't follow, I had to rewind it like four times before I even heard what they were saying. I also had to do the same thing when they were, they were talking in front of this trophy case, because I mentioned the Dutch angles and the editing was making me nauseous, but it's also, the, the scoring is so loud. I said it before, it has this like, dun, dun, dun. But they're playing it so loud that you can't even really understand what they're saying when it's not playing. It's just, it's it's unbearable. But so once they're it's up... It's that or Romeo shitty music, so... <laughs> I guess it's an up for that, but oh my god. But so they're, so they're, they have these fake teeth in. I guess they're supposed to be trying to blend in at a middle school looking like two scary looking old men. And <laughs> tracks, I don't know. And they have the trophy with them. And when they're trying to decide what to do with it, because their plan is that terrible, they just thought, let's steal it and we'll figure it out later. <laughs> so they do that. And they're walking around outside, and the one friend jokingly is like, hey, we should probably just throw it up the flagpole. And they're like, that sounds like a plan. So they just go with it. And in broad daylight, it's, even though it's after hours, it's still very much daylight outside. The two of them, like, there's a montage of them failing to climb up the flagpole for a while, and then once Romeo finally does get up, he has to, like, he can't, he left the trophy down, so they have to figure out how to get the trophy up again. It's terrible. And then... It's It does end with them, like, um, securing the trophy to the top of the flagpole. That's a terrible idea regardless, though, because, I mean, in general, it's Seattle. You must know that there's, like, a, a risk of bad weather, which we'll get to in a second, but you have to plan for rain most of the time you're living in Seattle, I would imagine. So, what the hell is the plan here? Is like, oh, cool, we'll, we'll ruin this trophy, because it's partially made of wood uh, but so they leave it there <laughs> and this is where this show I guess is what what really it got it's it's I mean it's the core demo base concept of the show is smash <laughs> cutting <laughs> yeah it's smash cutting to them rapping in a garage because of course that's exactly what you want out of a Nickelodeon show is hijinks and then smash cut rap performance by Lil Romeo can I, can I do my soapbox real quick please 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 I mean, I will freely go on and on about the music I listened to as a child. I will talk about Simple Plan for days and days and days. Mm-hmm. And I will do no shame. I will review the newest Simple Plan album and be like, hey, remember when this was a thing? But, like, if you were a kid who enjoyed Little Romeo, you have terrible taste. You have <laughs> terrible taste. I will never trust your judgment on anything ever. Were there people that like this though? Because I, I I brought up before. Because when they played there was like stupid music on Nickelodeon at all times. Never heard music. Yeah. I I I just don't even really remember liking him. I just I genuinely remember thinking, ugh, it's like little bow wow with no talent. Why would you bother? And I feel like a, a lot of people didn't for, think that, but yeah, I forget uh, what his main single was that like uh, it sampled the Jackson Five, and I feel like we should put uh, that music video in the notes. And we just, oh, I will. He, he oh, tries to sure. dance in that video. Emphasis on the word tries, I guess. Yeah, so <laughs> there's an elbow situation happening in his dancing. Oh God! But in this scene, we're, I guess we're supposed to think like, oh, this kid. 
He's nailing it. Like, he's crushing it in mean, life. Also, what does that even mean, the Romeo show? I guess the band's <laughs> technically a show, but I wouldn't really. That's not even. What? <laughs> like, it should be like the Romeo 4 or whatever. Or the Romeo experience, not the Romeo show. It's just. It's too on the just nose. And so they're they're rocking out in the garage. One of the band members is his younger brother, who is I mean, gotta be what, like seven? Maybe? He's young enough that he looks like a girl. So I thought it was a girl before too. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> Until he says someone actually says like you're a, a little boy, you're a handsome little boy. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. He's a little boy, wanted to be a big boy. Big boy. And then so he he is also he's like on keyboard, right? Or, or drums or something. Again, like, it's like why does Romeo the rapper have a backing track of keyboard and or drums? But he does, and a and a guitar. And it's immediately starts lightning outside, lightning and thundering. So I mean, smartly the one the the, the friend slash brother adoptee is like, Oh shit, we left that that fucking expensive trophy up on a flagpole in the middle of a lightning storm. Do you think this is gonna work out poorly for us? Maybe, but Romeo is like whatever. Romeo like kicks back at one point. Well, they all start leaving because the, little, the littlest brother's terrified of the thunder and rain because okay, and the sister yeah, it's pretty bad. It's like a heavy, heavy, heavy storm. The sister goes running off with them, and Romeo then proceeds to like kick back, literally kick back in a chair, put his feet up, and like read a book. And I was just like, it's, just one piece of shit. it's ridiculous. And the friend's like, oh my god, Romeo. It's gonna ruin the trophy. We're screwed. And Romeo's like, "You worry too much." And this is like, what other thing? Well, I mean, there's nothing around that. It's literally a a metal trophy on top of a metal flagpole in the middle of a like a heavy storm. What did you think was gonna happen? Why is he not panicked? I mean, at that point, it's too far gone to get rid of it. I guess because it's already up there. They can't exactly climb up there. I would have. I actually would have preferred a sequence where they both tried to get up the thing and then someone gets comically shocked by lightning. But and <laughs> dies. <laughs> dies. I mean, best case scenario, they die. <laughs> but, but like, couldn't you see this show pulling that off? Like, it get, they get shocked by the lightning, and then you like their whole like skeleton lights up, and then it's like whoa, and then like the other person's like, yeah, and zoom in, <laughs> zoom out. It reminds me of that. It's like the Kill Bill effect from like all those old like Shanghai movies, where it's that. Which, uh, <laughs> Cartoon Network comedy, We Bear Bears, just did in the last episode. Awesome. And that show is much smarter than whatever this nonsense is. Yes, I'll link to, I'm sure there's some kind of, like, a master cut of all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's very, very ridiculous and heavy-handed. But so much more charming than whatever the hell they're trying to do here. And he says that if the trophy does get struck, he'll kiss... I didn't know who he was talking about, because they didn't do enough to, to tell me who that was. But they'll say, I'll kiss... Victoria Jackson's dog's butt. I appreciated it because it was a Yorkie, and I don't see enough Yorkies on TV as far as I'm concerned, but it was still weird. Like, he promises to kiss a dog's butt, we find out later on. Is If it, if it gets ruined, I'll kiss a dog's butt. So, so well, get ready, you're gonna... Assault of the episode. Yes! God. The poor dog. So, of course, the next day, trophy ruined instantly. I mean, like, I don't even know. We didn't even get to see the trophy get shot that night. We just knew it's gonna happen. They cut to the thing... I don't think that's what would have happened if it got electrocuted, but for whatever reason, <laughs> it getting shocked, like, melts the trophy into, like, a deformed, like, goopy pile of metal. Like, <laughs> sure. And the news is reporting on it, because I guess that's all Seattle has going for it, again, is this I one trophy. <laughs> hey, what a 
this was a Seattle. dark time. It was a dark time for Seattle before they won the Super Bowl. Before they I had just weed. Master P and Romeo knew nothing about Seattle. There's like white people in there, right? And that's all they knew. Yeah, and Frasier. I guess it's like back then they had Frasier and. Yeah, they didn't pre Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, pre Grey's Anatomy. So they had Starbucks and Frasier. So it was a very different vibe <laughs> than what they were going for on this show. Um, but so. Oh my god. We're skipping over some stuff that we'll get back to. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Straight up insane. We'll get there. But the news is reporting on it. Myra is downtown. <laughs> this is where Myra goes from good. <laughs> To great, in my opinion, because she's literally t- it was amazing. It was right, right. But they cut to Myra, who's on the case as she comes, which is great because this is like a, again like an eleven year old, thirteen year old something. She's downtown on the news. I'm gonna figure out who the hell did this by my hands. His honor shall be avenged because her father was on the team. And I want to try, I'm not going to give a good impression of her, but she basically says, she's talking about her father who was on that team in middle school 20 years ago, and she says, by my hands, his honor shall be avenged, and then she goes, (laughs) (laughs) crazy, it is, I mean, that performance was inspired. I'm sorry, it was the best thing about the episode. I was like, finally, there's something watchable. <laughs> yes. Well, she says it in this way, like, she, like, so, there's, like, a, a like, like, Howard like, Dean screaming. Yeah. There's, like, she's, like, there's a news reporter, like, you know, politely reporting the news. She grabs the mic, jumps in front of the camera, like, 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 Beastie Boys style, and then just goes, by my hands, his honor shall be avenged. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's like one of the more insane things I've seen on a kids show in the 2000s. But of course, cut to Romeo having to kiss the dog's butt, and the poor dog looks terrified. That poor dog goes through some shit in this episode. Well, I mean, I understand. Like, there's a whole. I mean, my dog's a male Yorkie, so we don't have quite the same amount of princess stuff. So the dog is kind of made up to be this like little princess, like you know, uh, handbag dog. But the thing has no, like, I, I'm about to say it has no lines, but it has no, it has no agency throughout the episode. Not that it needs to with the dog, but still, you'd think it would give, like, something, if this we're going to have to make them- trapped by these people. It looks terrified. The dog is like, I want out. Talk to my agents. I should never <laughs> have signed on for this. But so, he kisses the dog's butt. And, like, the, do- the weird thing, though, like, the creepy part of it, it's, like, such a slow, <laughs> slow scene. Like- this is an episode that is, like, cutting and and rewinding and fast-forwarding and, like, jump-cutting and then doing weird touch angles. This is, like, a straight-up scene where we watch the- where we, uh, we don't actually see it happen, him kiss a dog butt. Again, kissing a dog's butt is not that big a deal. Like, it's, it's a Yorkie. It's a hypoallergenic fur. It's not like you're gonna get fur in your mouth. And you're I not- doubt <laughs> he's kissing the anus, but he's so- That's what I mean. Like, unless they're really getting in there, it's just kind of like kissing a dog's butt. <laughs> so it's- calm down but either way they like it's this creepy like like shot of the dog like slowly being pushed towards him and him like just like no no i don't want to and it's just it's it's but a very the dog's owner, she going through some shit, but she did not consent to this <laughs> definitely going through some shit and the dog the poor dog is just, just terrified and it cuts to its face like for the reaction shot and the dog's is like i mean it doesn't really react because it's just a dog but it it's poor. It looks terrified to be there in general. Like it, it, it translates to the poor dog being terrified that he's kissing his butt, um, or her butt. It's a her, it's a girl. But so um, it better be a girl. I just really just fucking with this dog. 
And so, again, back to Myra and the like, the amazing CSI case that was that predated um, all of the iterations of CSI. I feel like they were trying for CSI in Seattle at this point. But so she's like dusting from. I mean, this is great because the guys come into school. Total jerks, not even that repentant for having ruined the trophy, more just worried they're going to get in trouble, which is really upsetting to watch, because if it's a kid's show, even if they're acting like jerks, they should have that, like, come to, you know, uh, justice moment where they realize, I fucked up, but they don't do that, they're just like, oh man, hope we don't get caught. Like, that's basically the the gist of what the, the moral there was, but, like... She, they walk in the hallway, like, strutting down, like, oh, yeah, we, we're, like, we're, we're gonna get, we're gonna get, you know, I mean, I guess they kind of want to get known for being the best pranksters, but they don't want to actually take responsibility for ruining the trophy, they just wanted to, to prank the trophy. Which, again, is, this is exactly why you don't do pranks the night of April Fool's, <laughs> because by the morning, like, you're not gonna get the same kind of, oh, this is an April Fool's prank, you're gonna, people didn't even notice it, like, if they had done this... For example, if they had done this the night before, there wasn't a storm, but either way, or the morning of, people would have saw it and taken it down before the storm happened, like during the school day. That's why you do it during that. You don't want to leave something overnight because things can go wrong. You don't know. But so they, they, um, they're walking in the hallway like, this is, everything's great. We're fine. Whatever. Myra's motherfucking dusting for fingerprints. <laughs> like, 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 does not care. She is, like... It is, it is, like, so brilliant because obviously they were, like, I said before, like, caressing the, the trophy case, but it's such, like, a twist that I didn't... I mean, I saw it coming because they had the, the footprint, so I felt, obviously, that's a huge factor. It's going to become a deal when she's on the case. But I was just, it was such, a, like, a ridiculous... Like, she had the fingerprint dust. She had the brush. She had fingerprints already dusted out. They were both, like, oh, shit, we're screwed. We're going to jail. And he walks up and tries to screw with her, which, again, is it's a really terrible, like, oh, our main character's gonna be a total jerk. And then, like, when he gets almost gets caught, he's gonna try and get away with it. Like, it's a terrible moral for kids to be watching this. But he smudges out the fingerprints with his, with his fingers, and he, oh. Stupid. Now your fingerprints won't work. What? The worst. Also, why are you giving her another, like, if anything, he should have, like, shown up and then started touching the rest of it and then he could have explained away the fact that there were fingerprints that were his because he just sat there and touched it now. So those mm. are the fingerprints you're getting. Mm. But, like, he he almost just gives her another fingerprint they compare it against. Which we I was to gonna say, like, like, it's, it's not like stupid. they had fingerprints they compared it against before, so... It's ridiculous. It's so... And also, I guess he was touching it, but the friend was also touching it, too. What, what It's only Romeo that she's able to frame later on. frame, I guess, um, catch later on. Um, and so, uh, either way though, and also that's the scene where I noticed her hair the most, so I'll try and clip it from that scene. It is so over the top, it's insane. And this girl is giving it her all. Like, she is just like, basically, I'm gonna catch this guy, like, screw him. And Romeo's just, they're both like, ooh, like, pulling their collars like we're basically caught. And, um, so, it's confusing at this point though, because she also had these footprints from before. Okay. Well, alright, we go after afterwards outside, she's dusting for fingerprints on a flagpole at this point, which when they cut to her upside down, up on the flagpole, dusting for fingerprints, I was just like, this is straight up insane. It's kind of rem- reminiscent of something like a Beans from Even Stevens, where like the it has like supernatural abilities for like a sidekick, but she's up on this flagpole, I mean, it's gotta be like 30 feet in the air, it's a good stunt for whoever pulled it off anyway, but she's like dusting for the fingerprints. 
and has fingerprints up there. And I mean, what was Romeo gonna say? Like, oh, it wasn't me, even though his fingerprints are at the top of a flagpole. Like, that's so much more inexcusable than on the on the trophy case, which is why that's brilliant. And so she <laughs> she's got these fingerprints dusted, and the guys come over, and she's like, oh yeah, don't watch where you step. I also have plaster cast of these foots <laughs> in the mud, which is exactly the same footprint we saw earlier introduced onto her homework. So, like, guess what you get for stepping all over this girl's homework? She's going to literally catch you for vandalism and put you in jail. <laughs> Which is, I mean, on the one hand, it's a great, a great moral for the story. But on the other hand, pretty stupid because how does she have the ability to do all of this without, like, a full CSI get-up going on? But I guess maybe after her father won. handling this at all? I mean, it is. It's, it's, it's vandalism, so maybe it's below them, but... I mean, it's the one trophy all of Seattle. You think the cops would be pretty invested, too, I guess. But whatever reason. Maybe her father, after winning the trophy in middle school, went on to become a CSI tech himself. So she's just using the stuff she's got at home. But, um, so she's got these footprints made of the plaster cast. And this is where, I don't even know where to begin. Romeo says to her, he can't even, like, get the words out, which is supposed to be funny, I guess, that he's... He's kind of doing, like, a glorified Will Smith impression, too, which I feel like a lot of rappers in, in that age did. I was even doing a Fonzie, but... Yeah, like... that, too. It's He does this thing where he's just, like, like doofy all of a sudden, because I guess he needs... It's a comic relief. That's the only way he knows how to do it. So he says, Myra, sweetie? And then he can barely get the word sweetie out. And she runs down the pole, practically, which is a really upsetting... Like, it's creepy, the way she runs down the pole. It's like... The, it's like the grudge. It, it really was. That's what. It, it, so basically, what, what happened is they shot her running down the pole in regular time, and then just sped the tape up. But like to describe that is how they do most of the episode. Like all throughout the episode, anytime someone like walking down the hallway, they just sped the tape up. So you, you get this like weird, like you're like you're right, like grudge look or like it's like motion sickness. It's just, it feels really disturbing to watch. And so she comes zooming down, and she's like. And then, like, blinks. And, like, when she's blinking at him, like, you know, like, um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, the uh, Peppy Le Pew girlfriend kind of blink. Like, the big eyelashes. Like, boo. And then they have, like, that bling, 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 like, the blinking sound effects. Like, it's just so terrible. And she's just like, oh, you called me sweetie. Suddenly, like, she's gonna throw the whole case out the window because let's, uh, let's kiss. We're boyfriend and girlfriend now. I'm like, I don't know how you got that from him calling you sweetie. I was like, it's kind of sad, I guess she's never had a guy call her sweetie. Like, plenty of guys you're not going to date and call you sweetie. Maybe she has, but she just ignored it because it's not her Romeo. Yeah. I think she's attracted to him because his name is Romeo and she likes the symbolism. She does say, oh, oh, Romeo, plenty of times throughout, which I really, that was super upsetting. I was like, please don't do that. (laughs) Don't don't give him that power. But also, like, I want to live in the world she's living in where a guy calling you sweetie is just like let's, let's date because usually that's just random like day to day random people calling you sweetie or honey or all that kind of shitty condescending bullshit but so he says hey sweetie and she's just like oh yeah what's up and he tries to kiss her and he's like oh my god pretend it's a dog butt because that was apparently preferable to kissing her you got your priorities out of order dude you got your priorities way out of order and his friend grabs him and runs off and somehow in the interim, like, I mean, it's gotta be maybe five minutes, she figures out it's Romeo, or she had already figured out it was Romeo, I got questions, but they don't really answer them, but, uh, they're both in this, like, science classroom where, uh, I'll tell you, you mentioned before, it just says forensic science on the board, because, <laughs> let's, just, let's not be subtle at all, 
And um, they're like yelling about it, like, "Oh my God, we've been caught!" Like she's she's literally fingerprinting the flagpole. Right, and so Romeo, like Myra, Myra, yeah, and and he he pretty much says like at this point you're pretty much gonna have to do whatever she tells us to do, which includes I guess potentially submitting to blackmail and dating her because that's pretty much where she's going with this. And they're just like kind of like, hemming and hawing like I guess I'll have to do it. Like he's like I'll make up my mind. I'll have to, I'll have to marry this girl so I don't go to jail. Is kind of the, the 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 decision they they come to at the at the end of it, and it's really confusing because when she gets there, she already knows it's him. She she shows her hand completely, and then tells him, "If you were my boyfriend, the principal couldn't make me testify against you." <laughs> Which you know, a boyfriend and girlfriend can't be arrested for the same crime. <laughs> Am I stupid? What is this referencing? There's a there's a there's a. It's <laughs> Nonsense. But also, I feel like there's something else that's like this too, where it's spousal privilege. But regardless of that, though, it's ridiculous because, I mean, I know that it's a joke. I'm assuming this is obviously meant to be like, isn't this cute? She thinks spousal privilege will apply to her being a boyfriend in middle school, and it's not legal. It's the principle, like it's not the same thing. But still, I'm like, it's a weird joke to make because it's way too adult for kids to really comprehend. From what I can understand, like she's clearly way too advanced for the school, but they only have one school because they have no money because they won one trophy. So that she just doesn't deal with this. And so <laughs> then, oh my god, there's like a couple of minutes after this that are just straight up. This is another scene that I want to try and clip because the reaction from the friend is is next level. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> It is crazy. It is crazy. So Romeo is just like, boy, oi, oi. And he just is like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then the friend is like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. And then he's like, I'm, I guess he, you kind of get the idea that he's going to he's gonna submit to doing it, to being her boyfriend. And he's like, fine, I'll be your boyfriend. And they cut to the adopted brother who screams like Hitchcock blood curdling. <laughs> And they 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 swap to a Dutch angle, I think, at that point, or something, or like some kind of a weird smash, like zoom and zoom back and forth. It's super disturbing. Like it, and like the key is really weird, and it goes on for like a full <laughs> minute. It reminds me of the end of of uh, Sleepaway Camp or something. Like it's really creepy. <laughs> It's it's very very jarring and it, not at all the tone of the scene until that point. Like it's been weird, but like screaming at the top of his lungs, <laughs> like it for months. It, it, it was cool. weird. It was really weird. I was disturbed, and uh, but then of course later on after he's like a, a, he's he's agreed to do the boyfriend thing and and try and you know avoid getting caught. Like honestly, it must again be like five more minutes later. He's completely changed his tune. She, she well uh, although she does twist his arm. Which is really, I mean, again, telegraphing the, the, the motivation. Instead of, like, you know, she basically twists his arm into making him, she literally twists his arm into making him say, you're my boyfriend. And he says, no way, I can't do this, I'd rather turn myself in. And then she's like, I'll write you every day while you're in detention. Which, I, I guess it's not a notebook joke at this point, but it's still pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, she she just, like, watches him run away, and he goes running off to the, um, uh, the principal's office, I guess, but it's really just the main office, and then he, like, like jumps past the line of waiting for the principal, and just bursts into the principal's office and says, I did it, it was my fault. And his friend, the, the brother, is also there confessing as well. And so they both sit there, they just wanted to be pranksters, they try and describe the reasons they did it. Again, not good enough to get expunged off your record, you're still at least gonna get, like, charged with, like, vandalism. And maybe you'll get community service or something, you're still... 
you're not going to get away with this. But no, the principal, as I said before, spoiler alert, didn't really care because he used to be the original king prankster. Ha ha ha. And he pretty much just says, well, I'm only going to give you one month's detention because you'll never top the real king. And like, the guys just are just, I mean, they're blown away and they're like suspicious that he's really, he, he misspoke and he's not really the king. But the principal, it's just so weird. Like, it's a weird twist. I'm like, I don't even understand where this came from. The principal wasn't even involved until this point. <laughs> and they just wanted an excuse to not put the next episode of this, this show to start with little Romeo in Juvenile Hall. And and so they they cut to the principal like uh just say one month's attention you'll be you'll be out in no time whatever and they leave also weird beat as they're leaving the secretary growls at them like an actual dog <laughs> what? what the fuck was I that? Do not remember this you didn't get that part <laughs> maybe she is into dogs oh my god maybe he is. But, like, they're leaving the- I'll try and cut to this, too. Like, I, I can't even describe it. I'm sure I can cut to this point in the YouTube video. But at the very end of it, when they're walking out of the room, they cross the threshold of the room, and the secretary's there holding a clipboard and a pen in her mouth, and they look at her, and she literally goes, like that, and they both go, whoa, yikes. And they walk- I'm like- I know the point is they wanted one more joke in there because this is one of those shows where the most stupid, like, slapsticky jokes the better. They just needed something to shove into there. But it was such a weird, it was like a really, like, David Lynch kind of moment where it's like, where did this come from? You, you just said that. I, I mean, like, why is the secretary women? growling like a dog? Like a real dog. It wasn't just like she was growling like, like, grr. She was, it sounded like they yeah. actually replaced the dog earlier, that growling, with this. Like, it was very strange. And uh, they walk outside, they're like, oh no, where did our bikes go? And it turns out the principal, a grown-ass man, <laughs> has put two children's bikes at the top of the, the flagpole and left it up to them to get it down. And that's where the Which episode ends. Well, he does, I mean, he, he confesses that he was actually the one. And they're just like, oh, wow, you're, you're amazing. And they, they kneel down. Yeah, they did the, the fucking... What do you call it? Kids haven't seen Wayne's World. Uh, We're not. We're not seeing that movie at all. So stupid. They're not seeing that movie. And so that's where that plot ends. Well, okay, so like, the doctor boy was like, uh, when he's in the office, when they ask why you're here, he said, because you do the same for me. Well, we would have 100% not do the same for me. Not in a million years. Definitely not. Like, definitively not. <laughs> he would have happily kicked his feet up and then said, have a good time in jail. <laughs> like, I'll, yeah. I'll text you later. Although, back, back then you can really text, but still. You figure out a way. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Alright, so, I mean, we wrapped up that plot, which I think is obviously the main plot, but the B plot. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm, okay, I, I, the reason why I took a lot of the head, the head start on that is because I'm going to quietly sit here and stew. <laughs> I have a couple of notes here and there, but I'm going to rightfully, I think, sit aside and let you guys go into how no, absolutely... I well, I'll, I'll, I'll start it, and please, God, talk over me, because I don't want to talk about this at length. But essentially, Victoria Jackson's character... And if you, okay, we didn't really get into it, but essentially, Victoria Jackson, her real-life politics are insane. She's a complete like sociopath. She has claimed that Obama is like uh, a Muslim Islamist like terrorist and all that. She's kind of one of those people. people. Yeah, Tea Party, all that kind of thing. Like, I don't even care if you dislike, you know, uh, democratic politics. Good for you. That's that's your life. But my God, she's like vitriol kind of thing, like on Fox News, claiming it's a conspiracy to you know put down white people. 
And of course, yeah, this is the plot she has in this episode because it makes sense. I feel like we 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 did our I own it was CSI. Foreshadowing. Exactly, <laughs> we did our own CSI. This is where it all began, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> she left this episode. She got fired two weeks later after the series wrapped or the episode or the season wrapped. And then from then point from that point forward, she was like, "Screw everybody else but white people," <laughs> because this episode. I mean, it starts out pretty bad. They with the whole like spraying here with um uh, silly string, but then it escalates. She's annoying yeah, it escalates so to the point there. where later on in the episode it cuts to he's the little brother, right? Although we at that point I didn't know if it was yes. little brother or not. He has. Still, I'm just like, and it's, and it's like the sister doing all those. I'm like, oh yay, black people here, and then it went so so wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so we'll jump to that. So, so we don't really get too much of Victoria Jackson until that point starts. But so basically, it starts off with the sister saying, "Oh, you've got a tender head," and the little little brother like going, "Ow, ow, 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 ow," and he's and she just gives up because I guess that's something she can do, even though she's like, ostensibly the only other person in the household that can braid hair. Which is like, like, you know, they clearly have money, and why aren't they just, like, taking them to salons? <laughs> so many questions. No, that was my major question for the whole episode. Also, well, they were paying her. Like, I guess, like, that was her, like, way of getting, like, allowance, I guess. I didn't realize it was a sister, because that's the first scene she's in, so I thought it was somebody who they paid, and she quit because the, the client was too troublesome. I'm like, wow, that's a really overreaction. But no, it turns out that she's just a sister and just is fed up with the little brother being too tender in his head. Also... I don't know the situation, but I'm assuming Master P could probably figure it out too. Like, what? What are you doing? Like, what is? Are we supposed to believe that like the daughter also does her dad's here? I doubt that's the case. So who is her? He's just apparently the laziest parent in the world. Also, what does he do? Do we ever? I don't. I didn't he's watch. He's just like a record exec, I think. Yeah, he's like a producer. They definitely have money. They definitely have money, then, right? Like, yeah. yeah. This kid can get his hair done elsewhere. Or Romeo can do it, for God's sakes. Like, they're all, there's plenty of people who are doing the, like, older kids' hair, I mean, the dad's hair. That person can do their hair. <sighs> so. And not the person that ends up doing it. So, we're, 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 we're tap dancing around the subject is the kid has. <laughs> The kid has a tender head, and he has natural hair, and it's it's long. Like, it is that's why I thought it was a girl at first, because I wasn't yes. aware that he ever had braids. I thought it was just a girl. But it turns out that he used to have braids. I guess they took him out, and the sister's trying to rebraid his hair. Right? That's what they're mm-hmm. implying? Yes. And he's... He gets to the point where he's reacting so negatively that she just quits. Would quits a minute into it. Barely has started doing anything. Like, she's way too quick to quit. <laughs> But I guess she's his sister. But then that's when you bring him to a salon and an end of conversation, right? But Victoria yes. Jackson's like, no, no, no. I'm gonna help. <laughs> so we get, I mean, we'll get into it as it goes along. But we get, I would say, oh, like... it starts bad. It, <laughs> it starts bad and it gets so much worse. We get, like, I swear to God, it must be, like, what? Like, 12 minutes of this white lady trying to braid a, a child's hair. <laughs> oh, she doesn't even care about bringing the hair. She cares about teaching the boy, the black boy, a lesson. <laughs> That's what she cares about. Well, Latoya, the yeah, thing she is... does say that at one point. She's like, I don't even care about the hair at this point. Yeah, but... I just can't not teach him this lesson that I, too, Up until that point, this. she's never implied it was about a lesson. It's just, it takes a total 180, and now it's all well, about she, this lesson. She did say it was a lesson. She never said it's a lesson. But only at that point. Up until then, it seemed like she just wanted to learn. She tried to with her white hand to teach him. Literally. <laughs> so let's get into this. Let's break it apart because oh my god. 
Please, please. Okay, so, so she's. She, my, my first notes are too, like, Jesus, I was not anticipating such hot topics from a show called Romeo. I'm not afraid. I think I rightfully have nothing to say about this besides I am embarrassed for white people at large, including so, and especially Victoria Jackson. Go ahead. <laughs> To the, to the young, to young brother, she said, oh, I can do your hair, to a true prize, but you're white. <laughs> and then, okay, okay, but then, her next line is how actually she's pink, and- I was already done. <laughs> I was like, nope, 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 nope. Also, what? Also, first of all, she's not pink. Not pink at all. She's beige, <laughs> if anything. Very <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> My nose are really in all caps. She calls herself pink. Shut it down. No, please. <laughs> Shut it down. And then she says, no, wait, these pink fingers can do anything brown <laughs> fingers can. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> I mean, when someone says the phrase, these pink fingers, I mean, <laughs> They should have sent these pink fingers to go pick some cotton. Jeez. (laughs) Good God. It was. I I can't imagine, like, reading the line, these pink pink fingers, and not thinking a red flag should be raised here. But guess what, guys? That's not even the end of the conversation. That's the beginning. That's the second scene. Did you know this? I was like, oh my god. And she made it into the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, so we said before braiding, she's going to braid his hair that is long. And I, I would guess he doesn't normally wear it long, so he doesn't want to keep it long. And he's going to mm-hmm. try and she's going to braid it into cornrows. And she, she basically just like, I'll handle this. Black people, step aside. And then, like, proceeds Let to- Let my pink fingers do it. Oh my god. And proceeds to spend the rest of the episode trying to explore blackness and understand it better than the other black people she who she's employed by. She needs a weaves. And she has a black wig. And- <laughs> I don't even know where to- Okay. Oh so- yeah, I can dig it. That's a quote. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the next scene, the next scene, well, we get the Yorkie again later on. The Yorkie, again, rightfully, as any any good Yorkie would, side-eyeing her from Ward 1. <laughs> the Yorkie, they cut to these reaction shots from the Yorkie, and the Yorkie is like, get out of here, lady, what are you doing? And then the Yorkie runs away, and we have to get the line, yo, that was whack, dog. <sighs> because she wants to- uh, That's she she's to- dancing to the black people music, and I think it's Romeo's shitty band. Is it? I feel like drums in it. Oh god, it was so weird. And so she's reading a book and like a little it's like a book on how to do black hair, I'd imagine, or some kind of hair. Braids, period weaves, period. Oh my god. It's enough of a title, it shouldn't be. And she's practicing on a mop. (laughs) She has a black wig, but she started practicing on On a a mop. mop. Just gonna pause for a second to, like, really Take a moment. Like, really just... But, like, when I... The mop mop is a literal, like, mop. Like, picture a mop, you got it. That's the mop. Like a stick. And, like, (laughs) yeah, it's fucking... A mop is usually a sign for a white person. Right. That's what she tries to do. I mean, even then... She's a black wig in front of her. I mean, I'm so confused because... How does that translate to hair at all? Like, mops are already braided, essentially. It's kind of almost the, um, the closest equivalent, I guess. Yeah, mops are white dreads. Exactly. That's why you said that the most, like, matter of factly, a terrible sentence I've ever said. Is 
mobs are like white dreads, duh. <laughs> but they are. They really are. So what is she and trying to she learn? She reads in a book that it's like about black culture, and right. she takes that to mean she has to become black because yes. this is an offensive enough already. But yeah, she tries to connect to the culture more to really understand how to breathe the hair. So that's why she's. <laughs> but, but I'm. I'm still. I want to go back for a second to the mob thing because. <laughs> Are we implying that she doesn't know how to braid, like, at all? Like, not even just braiding yes. hair that she's not familiar with. I am I think they're trying to say that she doesn't even know how to do, like, a basic French braid, which I'm just... Which means she shouldn't be... Like, just she's not the woman for the uh, job. She's just not. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's a black leather passage anyway for him, so just send him to the goddamn barbershop. He's shop. not that old, or not that young, either. He must have been to something. I mean, I got my hair... He's been done at one point, and then his mom's been dead for a while, I think. <laughs> So it's not like, you know, the sister's been doing it this whole time, or someone else has. Yeah, I guess maybe the sister's been doing it, but still, like, you think he would have to go at some point to get it cut, you know? I mean, how long are his braids gonna be? I guess they've been just getting longer and longer. They are pretty long when they do braid it, but still, it's just, it's ridiculous. But so she, she then, after, she, after like, when she fails on the mop, she doesn't just fail on the mop, like, she does this bed up. She, like, rips a piece of the mop out, <laughs> like, how, like, no one is strong enough to rip a mop apart, first of all. Like, that's thick, thick thick whatever the hell mops are made of like it's just not something you're gonna be able to rip out in a clump and then just like looks at it like whoops better start on something else and then then she escalates to the to the wig which to why would you start music. oh god and she also says that's when she, that's the dog goes running away she's like maybe i'll uh i'll start on you dog and the dog's like no thanks also how stupid it to be you cannot braid a dog's hair that's that like i don't know what like that's the same thing as trying to like braid a pixie cut on a on a. You actually can girl. braid a dog's hair because when she has all of his fur, my little sister used to braid like the back of his hair like, near his. T- but he's yeah, got like, longer hair part. then, right? You have to have some hair. Like, you yeah, can't have no hair at all. Yeah. dog form, not like that little dog right there. The the, the Yorkie in this is a short-haired Yorkie. There's not there's barely enough. To, like it's not even the length of your well, finger. She's clearly a bad person. Yeah, she's garbage. And so go, keep going. So that's where it's. I mean, well, real quick, just going to the main plot and we're talking about black people. I noticed that their um, middle school is named Hendrix uh, Middle School, you know, like Jimi Hendrix. That that was a thing. Oh, with an X. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I didn't it, think it was Hendrix like that. I thought it was like Hendrix with a CK. And yet there's only one white person. And black person, I mean. Romeo. Yep, yet they all, I mean, they they talk like, um, well, again, he's writing on his, on his shirt, I'm going to college. Because <laughs> he went to Hendrix Middle School. But yeah, so oh, but this is where it escalates to an unhealthy, ridiculous level. They cut to the, it's just her wearing the headscarves, I think, right? But, ugh. Uh, I, I think it, yeah, it escalates to that immediately. It's so bad. And the thing she keeps doing is she asks people to help, like, to let her braid their hair, even though their hair is already braided. Which yeah, means, like, that doesn't make like, sense. freshly done. She's great. There's something wrong with her mental age. <laughs> Well, it's Victoria Jackson, so... Yeah, yes. there's already... There's a history there. I don't understand why right. Master P was character whatever hired her. Like, why would... She is... Both Master P and the character hired her. <laughs> yeah. They're right. both wrong. Right, he was the executive producer. They wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So the next morning, though, she's in the kitchen... They yes. come in, and they don't actually even cut to her right away, which I think is even more disturbing, because they, like, walk into the kitchen, don't realize it's her or something, and she's wearing... I don't know how to describe yeah, it. sister comes in, and it was she's wearing African garb, because she didn't understand the difference between African people and just black people, and nope. just... 
and Korean people are all different things in the world. Uh, she's doing like every, every she's, story. She's wearing African garb and making the worst grips I've ever seen in my entire life. The nastiest looking grips. Like, I don't even know what they were trying time. for there besides to be offensive. Is that the point? Because... They were like, this is going to be a lovable character, so I feel like not. I mean, this was like one step away from like let's let's up the the powder on your face and we'll just go full like full bad <laughs> like full. It's like it's it's a, it's a step away from blackface. I mean, really, it kind of is. She's wearing a distinctive yes. headscarf, so it's essentially blackface without the paint. It's really horrible, and she's cooking the Poor grits guy. like, hey guys, like what? She doesn't even like. The, they don't even really react. They're all kind of laughing at her like, what an idiot. But it's also. What is she wearing on her head, too? Like, I know that she's wearing the headscarves, but it's, like, comically, I don't want to say I've never seen anything that large. Yeah, it was, like... And I, my family is Nigerian. I've never seen anything that large, ever. It was, it was like she was wearing, like, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it was, it was as high as the ceiling. And she was, obviously, the joke is that she couldn't walk in and out of rooms. I'm like, I don't even know what you're making fun of here. Is it the joke is that it's too big? Or are you making fun of the concept of a headscarf in general? Like, I don't even know. Oh, I don't, it was, it was upsetting to watch i was just like mortified on everyone's behalf but the but the family is just laughing at her because she is a stupid white lady but still like <laughs> the to bring everyone's braided hair uh, and even the white kid's hair what what, what would you bring yeah, what, she what, offers what you and and then responds when they said no as they should say no get the hell away from me he, she says i and this becomes like a runner is she says a i i g h t like i i well, i'm saying it like that because she's barely <laughs> pronouncing it the right way she's kind of just saying i i i i like hard and she is not fired on the spot <laughs> right if you're master p on the set or in the real life in the in the character version you walk into your kitchen and she's doing that she's fired right like i mean come on absolutely that's she's gone ridiculous i mean uh, I don't, I, honestly, the whole offering to braid his hair in the first place is kind of overstepping her bounds, right? Well, as soon as my child told me that their nanny said <laughs> that they were going to braid their hair with their pink fingers, <laughs> that their pink fingers could do anything that my brown fingers could do, they would be fired. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, like, absolutely not. They'd be and my fired child could have really hard lesson in race real fast. Right? That's horrifying. They could also probably press charges on her or something for harassing this child. <laughs> like, really? It's genuinely It's horrifying. And so she she is escalated to that. And now she's like like basically walking around the house like, Ugh, no one will let me braid their hair. And I'm just like, why is this a plot? Like, let it go. I don't understand what they're even now it's it's less about the fact that like it's been about I wanna braid hair, then it becomes I wanna experience black culture. But again, huge quotation marks around the words black and culture because None of the family is, is, I don't know what they're trying to do here. It's, it's horrifying. And so she escalates further than that into directly talking to her boss, Master P. And <laughs> can I use your hair? And his hair is also professionally braided at this point. So he then proceeds to, I guess, unbraid his hair. Because that's something you would do for someone who wants to do that to you and looks like Victoria Jackson and acts like Victoria Jackson. Why wouldn't she ask the daughter, really? Because that was the one person who wasn't, like, braided, that could be braided. And honestly, if she's trying to prove this point, since it was the daughter who kind of started all this nonsense. Go right to the source. Right. Like, she's the person who used to do it. I mean... The daughter could have been like, stop trying to teach my brother a lesson, you weird, weird white woman. Right. You weird pink woman. And I, and I will say, again, I, I hate the fact that I have to even 
be on the same level <laughs> something like this but like i i do i get the idea that if if she is the nanny and she wants to help out around the house and braiding hair is part of it because obviously some nannies like white nannies for white kids or black nannies for black kids would innately know how to do hair like their own fine so maybe she does want to genuinely help out around the house and learn how to do that that's on your own time lady you don't need to be having people let you like use them as like basically like toys like i'm gonna use your hair it, it's a really dark message too where it's like I'm gonna basically use you the same I used a mop. That's kind of what she ends up or doing with spaghetti. But she yes. Oh my god, I forgot about the spaghetti. Oh, the spaghetti. So later on, when we were talking about the master P thing, she's she's when she's harumphing that no one will let her braid her ha- braid their hair. She's also screwing up how to braid on spaghetti as well because again, it's like they don't understand what they're talking about because that's not the same braiding. I'd imagine is what is going on, is supposed to be going on here. And Mr. P relents and lets her, after hearing that he's, she's over there braiding spaghetti, he's like, this sounds like a good idea, and lets her do it. What happened to the damn wig? I don't know. I mean, that's the one thing you should have stuck with, right? And if you failed at doing that, you failed. End of story. Stop trying. You know what I mean? Uh, uh. But so she braids his hair then. And I don't even know how to describe what happens. I mean, do you guys have any notes on that? But yes, it, it, first it turns into Coolio meets uh, Cynthia from Rugrats. Right. Yes, yes, Cynthia from Yes, yes. And it really, my first thought was Coolio, but also like what well, was beyond the Coolio thing because it had the same like, it had the same like. Again, it looked like they stuck. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but they they stuck like things in his hair to make it go all weird like that. But it was also like. You mean like- yeah, but it was, also, it, was like, it was it was like weirdly like it was terrible. The way they actually had him, his the rest of his hair too. It wasn't just the braids that were messed up. Yeah. She like re- ruined his hair essentially for the rest of the day. I'd imagine like, and that's also why is he letting her do that? That must be painful. Like she really screwed up his hair. I don't. But know. then she fixes it. How? No idea. And it looks exactly how it looked before because TV magic, my friends. <laughs> And so she's now a professional hair braider, basically. Although before that happens, too, we get more white on black violence, where she <laughs> she grips his neck between her thighs and says, "Like these thighs could crush, I don't know, something like that. Like could crush, like um, uh, walnuts, right? Yeah, walnuts or something." She growls at the camera. It was oh my god! It was not okay. It was not okay. I wrote, "I'm so disturbed." It was one of the most disturbing things I've ever watched on television. Uh, yeah, it was she just, like, like chokes me out. Okay, and I couldn't separate the fact that she was Victoria Justice Jackson. What? I thought Victoria Jackson. We mentioned that Victoria before. Jackson. I'm sorry. And like, uh, her... who is the super skilled Victoria Jackson as the New York Times review <laughs> of the series describes her? Super skilled Victoria Jackson. And and her weird ass like crazy racist ass to begin with like putting Master P in a chokehold is problematic <laughs> she, she had him in the chokehold for like a good solid like 20 seconds too like it was disturbing. I cannot believe he agreed to that I know that's what I was that's my notes were like I cannot believe that Master P was cool with this this terrible terrible woman doing that because I can't imagine she was pleasant on set if she was I was gonna say I do not feel like I don't feel like Victoria Jackson revealed herself as a racist in 2014. I feel like that was happening during the it show. It must, class. right? was okay with his terrible rapping brother, so I mean, he's okay with a lot of terrible things. But it's just, it's, again, if she wasn't that terrible on set, 
then we really genuinely saw the beginning of it all, which is terrible. God, it is disturbing. But she has him in a headlock with her thighs for a good like twenty seconds. And he like lets it go, and I'm just—it was just—it was—and also for the record, all this whole time, Victoria Jackson has terrible hair. She's notorious for it. She has the bow in her hair, the same bow as in her in her um in the Yorkie's hair. She was infamous for wearing that bow all the time. In fact, I think her autobiography has something to do with the bow. I don't even know what the bow the name of the book is, but it's something involving the bow because that was her trademark. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's her trademark is that bow. So I'm like, if you're it's gonna like have this white lady do his hair, have at least a white lady who isn't quite so uptight and ridiculous and, and known for terrible hair to start with. I mean, it was ri- it was ridiculous. And so she, she raises hair and she's now perfect at it. And it's like, a white lady who wins again. In fact, now they're all like, oh, you're so much better at this than the sister is. Basically, Not only is she the, perfect uh, the at it, but like, he doesn't even realize because it's like, her, her delicate, like, white fingers aren't hurting anyone's head anymore. I can't deal with it. I cannot. I cannot deal with this. And the moral, she literally spells it out to the point where it's 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 not just offensive enough that that happens. She also, she tries to braid the little brother's hair and he still runs off and they're like, let's chase him because we want more of this. <laughs> and then, and then Master P tries to put a hat on, she's, which is, again, his trademark, and she's like, no hats. I want you to show off that beautiful hair I did. <laughs> like, you're again a prop. Again, she should be fired. <laughs> yeah, she's his employee. And then, in further, on, on top of that, she then later on spells it out to a disgusting degree, where she says, "When you start," she says, "When we," she says, "Literally, the color of a person's skin doesn't matter to what they can achieve." <laughs> just, again, I say that because, of course, that's true, but it's being delivered as in what? Yeah, the well, biggest racist. <laughs> what? What is the racist? Also, like. <laughs> and I'm gonna do it better than everybody else. Like, I feel like the next season of the show, if she hadn't... Maybe she does leave to do this, but she would have started up, like, a, a barbershop or salon and then just started putting her hair on the She's garbage. And and then, like, none of them say, like, stop talking. You might have, like, quote one of her, like, yeah. rants about white people. Please do. And how great they are. Just for the record, white men invented rockets, space travel, airplanes, the automobile, the English language, the USA, most medical advances, electricity, telescope, microscope, Ivy League universities, the computer, the internet, and on and on. I think white men should be praised and respected. White Christian conservative men especially should be loved and adored. They were the background of of the greatest nation on earth. We need more of them now. This woman is the devil. And I don't understand why Master P hired her, and I have no respect for him as a result. I feel like because I have to sit through this. I feel like when I people have to sit through this nonsense. I feel like when people say the word. Oh god. I feel like when people say the words "white devil," it's like an asterisk, <laughs> and like below, it's like footnoted. It's like Victoria Jackson. <laughs> It's, it's horrifying. I mean, it's mortifying, because I, I, I feel like 
obviously a lot of what she was trying to do in the very, 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 very base stages of help someone, that's fine. But she goes about it in a way that when someone ends up being this big, huge, and well-known, and honestly proud bigot, it's disturbing to watch, like, the early stages of it. Completely unchecked. No one says, shut your white mouth, like, for five <laughs> seconds. But they should. I don't, it's sad. And I just, I feel bad because there's kids involved, so kids are watching this, like, this is the right way for us to behave or, or for somebody to behave to me. And it's, it's very, very derogatory and sad. But later on, she's now braiding the little boy's hair, and it's a success because... Stick with it, Waylady. You can achieve anything. <laughs> and her, then she can. Plain people can do anything <laughs> when they put their mind to it. Yeah, I feel like it's like the even thing that black people are like known for doing. Right, and it's like I feel like the the more you know, like the star should fly overhead. It's like stick with it. You'll get it right. And she then of course she complains like her fingers are so sore, and it's just even then it just sort of feels like oh god, like that was annoying, and it's like. You're the you're the reason this all happened. Like you're the one that ruined this whole. I mean, did more than just this episode. The whole show. I'm imagining she was on, but like it, everything that she complains about later on is because she insisted on doing this in the first place. It's just it's so upsetting to watch. And they kind of all like it's a happy family at the end. And it's like haha, like Romeo gets away with it scot free. Besides the detention, but again, not that big a deal. Like detention for a month is nothing, and. She gets away with it because they actually all praise her as if she's better than the sister at doing it, which is again super, super, super offensive, and no one cares because who cares? <laughs> that's the end of the show, guys. That's it. That's it. Like, like wraps. Like those two scenes are back to back. No, nothing has been solved. If anything, we're worse off than when we started, which is, doesn't seem possible when you're watching Romeo Explanation Point, but we, but we did. <laughs> So do you guys have any other stray co- observations that we didn't get to? I mean, my god. I don't even know where to, I don't even know where to go from there. I'm just I'm embarrassed. Well, like I said, I know uh, one of the writers of this episode, she wrote it with her brother. And she uh, just wanted me to let you guys know that she disavows any and all knowledge of this episode of television. Good. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't blame her because it seems like there was a lot more work here that she was able to control. <laughs> Like, oh man, I don't, I don't understand most of what happened with with that character. Ugh. All right, well, we can move on to plugs then if we're if we're if we're finished. <laughs> this just stressed me. Out. <laughs> That's my only note. I I feel like at least we're covering this because my God, this, who else is gonna talk about Romeo? <laughs> like, like I feel like this is the kind of thing where at least our show hits the niche audience it's supposed to. <laughs> I mean, I found something on TVTango.com, which should show you that you should never uh, consider TVTango.com as, as anything legitimate, because in uh, the top 10 April Fool's Day TV episodes, this episode Charles was put on there. Are you so kidding? I think I just looked up April Fool's, April Fool's Day, Day episodes, because... <laughs> hey, that's what we did. Come on. I mean, for the record, that's all we did here, guys. I mean, they put up an episode of The Shield, oh. an episode of ER in this, so... Jesus Christ. I will say, we, we picked this episode completely at random, did not know that plot was even in it. The description for the episode didn't involve that plot, so we had no idea what we had in store for us. And turns out, you pick any episode at random of Romeo, you're still going to get garbage. So if, if you enjoy that, you can check this out on YouTube, uh, at both the, the one channel that uploads all Romeo episodes, for all those people out there searching for Romeo every day. <laughs> and then, like, a couple other sources, because there's a clamor for Romeo episodes, as there, for some reason, is. But, yay. 
Uh, Alright, let's move on to plugs. What's up with you, Latoya? <laughs> Uh, I like to plug My Cousin Skeeter, which is a much better show it than is. this, even though it has a traumatizing puppet, but... The fact, like, this shit would not have flied on Cousin Skeeter, right? Like, it really would not have. Ugh. I don't even have dealt with, like, having white like, people talk about how they can be as good as black people anyway. There are far more black people on Cousin yeah. Skeeter. Were there any yeah. white people on Cousin Skeeter? I don't remember. The friend, maybe right? Guest oh, no, 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 the friend wasn't... No, no maybe it was, like, guest stars, but, like, they weren't... They weren't about that life. <laughs> and now we know why, because this is what happens when you are. Yeah. Like, I, I genuinely do think this was, like, them, I mean, in general, Nickelodeon trying to be like, look, we'll involve a rapper, but it's still going to be a primarily white power-centric show. Well, I would say that's true, because especially early 2000s, uh, 90s Nickelodeon was actually pretty... Hip-hop-centric. Like, look at every, like, all, every other all-that musical guest. That's true. There's always, like, someone in, like, rap, hip-hop, R&B. It, it was really, really a white person, honestly. So... And they should have maybe stuck with that and stopped trying to branch out to the Romeos of the world, getting their own show. They could have gotten... Black Street a show. I would have watched that. Ooh, that would be great. <laughs> I don't know what it would have been about, but that's already... Probably more puppets. They love puppets already, and Black Street had tons of puppets, right? So... <laughs> Love a good puppet. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lefergs, and I will let you guys know what I'm writing. Uh, soon, sometime this year, uh, there will be a one-season piece on Fox's John Doe, which we have a past episode on for the television. A great so episode. Go, for that. go listen to it. Yes. It's great. And my piece will probably just try to be all about that episode. Good. I doubt it will work, but I'll <laughs> try. Amazing. Awesome. And what's up with you, Kuniba? Um, you can find me on Twitter at QuinevaSD, where I talk about nonsense for no reason. And awesome. That's about it. <laughs> and as always, I am at Mari on Twitter. You can check while well, they're still, I mean, they're about to wrap soon, but you can check out iZombie, uh, The Vampire Diaries, and Supergirl on the Telefax in from me. The next episode of this show will be Castle, Season 6, Episode 5, Time Will Tell, the episode with literal time travel. Yay! <laughs> so stay tuned for that. <laughs> and then, uh, in the meantime, you can still uh, rate us on iTunes. If I mean, it's tough because I guess not everybody uses iTunes to listen. But if you can, if you ever had an iTunes account, log in, rate, review us. We'll hopefully at some point do the uh, entourage drunk review if if we get enough. So we've got like four or five more we need, please. And uh, stay tuned for that. You can find us on Twitter at the Televoid. You can email us at thetelevoid.com if you can think of an episode of any Nickelodeon show worse than this. But I feel like we were really peaking, guys. So it's going to be a challenge. And uh, in the meantime, thanks for wandering into the Televoid, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>